0: Is in the studio with Michael Card at Christmas. Welcome to our very special program this week, Michael. We've had a lot of people come through the studio in the past year, but somehow today it just seems appropriate to have family around the microphone with it, us. It is, and it's so wonderful to have my wife Susan here with us. Uh, uh, such a
1: good friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we we have people I introduce. Oh, this is my good friend. This is my good friend. But this
0: <laughs> is my best friend. You guys are a team. <laughs> we are. We try, don't we? Hun?
2: <laughs> we do. Yeah. We do.
0: Susan, welcome.
2: Thank you. Once again, to be here.
0: welcome. Susan has been with us. She was one of those many guests we've had in the past year. But uh, again, it's just appropriate that we bring it right to the Card family here for our Christmas program. Susan, before we get started, uh, we, we need to know that you and Michael have four children. Right. And that's a, that's a full-time challenge for you.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> to say, and then some. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um,
0: Will and Katie, mm-hmm. Nathan and Maggie. Right. Wow. right? I can't always very even think good. of all their names. so That was very good. Well, we're going to open the scriptures together on our Christmas program here. And of course, we're going to ask Michael to sing. Actually, we're going to um, make him sing a little more than we normally do in the course of a weekly program here. Is that all right?
2: That's great with me. It's <laughs> my favorite group of songs. <laughs>
0: Fine. Fine with me. It's easier than talking. So. <laughs> okay. Where should we head into the scriptures first here today as we think about Christmas?
1: Well, why don't we start with Luke and uh, the very first chapter of Luke and the the, the foretelling Uh, of the birth of jesus susan you've got a bible there don't you
2: i do i do okay starting with verse 26 in the sixth month of elizabeth's pregnancy god sent the angel gabriel to nazareth a village in galilee to a virgin named mary she was engaged to be married to a man named joseph a descendant of king david gabriel appeared to her and said greetings favored woman the lord is with you Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can I have a baby? I am a virgin, the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left.
0: Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 is read by Susan Card here. Well, Let's talk about what was going on in Mary's heart. Uh, Susan, uh, Mm. we've uh, looked forward to getting a woman's perspective on this from you here today.
2: Well, I know... um, I've had several discussions about this particular passage, and every time I see something different or new, Um, I just recently have had such an incredible encounter with the Lord in different ways in my own life. And um, when you are walking with the Lord and encountering Him in different ways, um, there's so many different ways that you find sometimes that you question your sense of reality what is real what yeah. is not real what is true what is not true am i crazy mm-hmm. or is some are they crazy you know, because in this world you often i and i was talking to a dear friend today and that's one of the first things you want to check off in your mind is i'm not crazy i'm okay mm-hmm. and so when a when somebody can validate your experience you're like oh phew, you know i didn't make this up it's real <laughs> and um for some reason, when I was reviewing this passage, that's sort of what stood out to me, hmm. that perhaps Mary,
3: oh,
1: yeah. you know,
2: how do you go tell that story again to somebody? I saw this angel on the road, and he said, you know.
0: <laughs> I know you're not going to believe this, yeah. but. No, uh, no. if you had yeah. taken that message to your closest friend, even, I mean, imagine the reaction.
2: Right, and, uh, and I've had situations. I remember one at, at home when I was growing up, I didn't know how to tell my mom. It took years before I could go and put it into words. Now, obviously, she she had to come up with something (laughs) sooner than a year, but I'm sure it was hard to um, communicate that or put it into words or wonder, did I really see that? Mm -hmm. You know, is it true? Is it real? And um, so anyway, that's sort of what struck me this time yeah. around
1: that 's a great insight because i i 've been walking with you through right. uh, some of the uh, the growing that you 've been going through and this whole idea of what 's real what you know uh, we 've been talking a lot about uh, Peter and Jesus and their relationship, and how Jesus calls Peter to look beyond what 's real the storm or mm-hmm. you know the smell that 's coming from lazarus 's tomb that 's really what 's real and he 's calling us to see another reality, and that 's really what the angel has done he 's opening up. Another reality to marry, uh, yeah, you're a virgin. You're going to have a baby. Well, am I I crazy?
2: Right, and the child is going to be holy. And so there's that holy tension that we've talked about before on the show Mm. um, to live here on earth. And yet be aware of heaven and spiritual matters all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that just becomes so difficult to bear, yeah. even even in faith. It's, you know, you just want to cry out to the Lord sometimes. This is so hard to hold yeah. on to.
0: Yeah, what's real. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like that comment. It's good insight to start our time together yeah. today. Let's pause right there. We're going to continue on in the scriptures here as we go through the Christmas story. Uh, but let's pause right here and ask Michael to sing for us, Susan. Um, I know that many of the songs that Michael's going to sing today are are favorites of yours, but we're going to start with this one, What Her Heart Remembered. Um, Mm. Michael? Well, this song really
1: came uh, out of a conversation that Susan and I had. I was working on this Christmas record and uh, and had the title, What Her Heart Remembered, because uh, we believe that Mary was Luke's uh, witness, uh, in order to get this information for his gospel, Luke actually spoke to Mary, and she told him all these things. Because there are things in this account that only Mary would yeah, have known. Such a personal encounter with the angel, right? Yeah. So the the person he he's talking he's talked to knows what Mary was thinking. So obviously it was Mary he was talking to, and so I came up with this title, "What Her Heart Remembered," and uh, because Mary treasures these things and ponders them in her heart, and I went to Susan and said. What did you remember? What are the things that you treasured up and pondered in your heart about having, you know, all these babies that, you know, we've had together? And that
0: really became the core of this song. Hmm. This one, Michael sings for us now. What Her Heart Remembered.
3: As he lies in a cattle trough, she kneels by his side. Sweet baby breathing, soft infant sighs, soft sounds of swallowing, a soft fingers. His soft and bewildered eyes can they understand That this baby she's given him is theirs for a time In truth came to give himself the treasure and the ransom of
0: That's what her heart remembered. Michael, we're going to come back to more of your music here in just a few moments as we are joined in the studio with your wife, Susan, here today. We've considered this briefly from Mary's perspective. Let's move to Joseph's perspective now. And for that, we turn to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Uh, I'll go ahead and read this passage, then we'll uh, talk about it, and then Susan will ask Michael to sing Joseph's song for us here. Verse 18, Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin, until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So I guess the thing that strikes me as I read that Michael and Susan is that uh, Joseph took the angel's word. He mm-hmm. did uh as he was instructed to do.
1: Yeah, it's amazing to me how much Joseph is like Jesus, like Jesus will be. Uh when God speaks to him, uh he doesn't he speaks to Joseph through dreams. He speaks to Mary through angelic visitation. But he always speaks to Joseph in dreams, and Joseph is the sort of person that can e- more easily believe a dream than uh, you know than a, than a real life encounter, which I think strikes me uh, somewhat like Jesus. Uh, I think one of the most important details that you never hear people say about Joseph is that before he has the dream, and that's so important. Before God speaks to him in the dream. He has already decided that he is not going to expose Mary. Hmm. So Joseph is going to take unto himself, as it were, the sin, what seems to be, of course isn't, but what seems to be the sin of his his wife or his fiancée. That's love, isn't it? it? It's amazing, and that shows how much like Jesus, you know, he is there. And, you know, I think, you know, Joseph obviously had an impact, you know, on Jesus. Obviously, he's his foster father and not his uh, true father, but he has his his impact on Jesus. And then he denies himself in so far that uh, he has no union, no sexual union with her until after Jesus is born. And there's no Jewish law against that. But once again, Joseph is a person who is willing to deny himself, to take upon himself the sin of another person. And uh, so much like Jesus. I have, I have a lot of an appreciation for this man. When you think of Joseph, who do you see in your mind's eye?
2: Well, I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm just, I've never really heard you make that parallel before. Uh So it's kind of taken me off guard, but, but it's, it's right. You're right. It's true. Um, What amazes me with the, the whole um, process with Joseph and Mary is that he, it didn't seem like he wavered at all. Yeah. There was no doubt. And again, going back to what I said about Mary, that sense of what's real and not real. How do you trust your dreams? But it doesn't seem like that was really. A problem for him,
1: yeah, well, we don't have record of it, but I've just got to think there had to have been a point where he was struggling with this because his pride has been damaged, and you know he could have been devastated by this, but I think you're right he he doesn't I'm sure he struggles, but he doesn't falter
0: hmm. and in your point about him deciding ahead of time before the angel appeared to him in that dream yeah. that he would not put her away, right, you wonder if he didn't make this a matter of prayer. And so when the dream did happen, it was just kind of, oh, okay, well, that's my answer. That because the, it says very bluntly in verse 24, when he woke up, he did what the angel Lord commanded. That
1: the dream was perhaps an answer to a prayer. Yeah. yeah. One,
0: I mean, we don't know. But, but that's good, but though. But you that's, wonder.
1: That's good. We have to engage with this text with our imagination because there's so little information. Mm-hmm. We know almost nothing about Joseph. And he disappears after this point.
2: But I want, I want to commend you. What? Because again, I was talking with my girlfriends, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, one of the, the the issues that we were talking about was just the vacancy sometimes of men, and how what a crucial role men play in family and in raising children. And um, my friend said, especially about Joseph's song, which is the song that I hope you're going to sing in mm-hmm. a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that you bring forward or you bring to the table, you bring the man back into the equation of a situation that frequently you focus on the woman and the child, mm-hmm. the woman going through birth and the baby. And the father is sort of in the background. And more and more he's you know part of the process and, and all. But the dignity of the position of fatherhood really needs to be restored. It does. It's hmm. been, been shattered, been broken. And in the song, the way you bring out the tenderness of Joseph, that nurturing side of him, holding his baby, wondering, how am I going to do this? How am I going to raise the son of God? And he's really grappling with those questions. The fact that you bring that forward is good for men. It's good for women. It's it's good for me to hear that song over and over again Mm. and and appreciate his role in this whole um, family that God has put together.
1: Yeah. Well, I I always say God is the giver of impossible tasks. You know, he goes to Abraham and Sarah, who are 90 and 100 years old, and says, okay, have a baby. Hmm. You know, he tells a virgin, you're going to have a child. And he tells Joseph, who has never touched Mary, you're going to be a father. Hmm. And he gives us impossible tasks so that we have to rely on him to, to, to do them. Otherwise,
0: it would be impossible. Susan, I think you've given the perfect introduction to invite Michael to sing that song for us now called Joseph's Song. Michael Card in the studio on our Christmas program.
3: How could it be This baby in my arms Sleeping now So peacefully The Son of God The angels said His face and hands so fair And when he cries the sun It seems to disappear But when he laughs It shines again How could it be King, how can I raise a king, how could it be, this baby in my arms, sleeping now, so peacefully, the Son of God, the angels said, how could it be.
2: time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own towns to register for this census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was obviously pregnant by this time. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the village inn.
0: All right, we're taken now to the stable.
1: Michael, Well. Well, I, I'm just struck that there was no. When I hear that phrase, there was no room for them at the end. It still takes my breath away. No room, no place to go, and it so it makes me
2: feel desperate. Yeah, it's really desperate
1: because he goes to a stable, uh, it, and it's not mm-hmm. the tidy little place that we think of. Uh, in fact, we have a family tradition. Uh, we we take uh, the lantern out and the t- uh, the text of the scripture with us, and we go to a real working barn where there's mm-hmm. the smell, the real smell you know, of a horse or whatever. And uh, we read the the passage there because the truth is, I mean, it's hard to not sentimentalize this, but the truth is that Jesus is born in poverty. He's wrapped in rags because apparently they have nothing else to wrap him up in. Mm -hmm. King James tried to dress that up as swaddling clothes. We make it sound Mm -hmm. so wonderful. Yeah, (laughs) but the truth is this is a desperate birth. I mean, imagine giving birth to a a baby in a barn, wrapping him up and putting him in a trough because that's the only way to keep him up off the ground. Um,
2: I would like to go just one step even behind yeah. behind you there before they even got to the barn uh-huh. when you mentioned poverty, the humiliation of being turned away of being in need hmm. and not having resources, knowing you don't have resources, that you truly are helpless, hmm. and going and seeing these faces and then in and being in pain and she clearly if she's going into labor Absolutely. she's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And they can see it. And how embarrassing for people to see your discomfort. I think that yeah. is so shaming. And um, there's people in poverty today. It's it's shaming yeah. for them to have to ask of other people. So leading up to the point of the barn, um, I wanted to just address that, that part of the process for them before yeah. she even gets to deliver her baby. Yeah.
0: Such humbling circumstances. I, I, I don't know if we really do fully identify. Oh, it's it's hard to imagine.
1: It's just hard to imagine. We have had four children t- together in clean hospitals, um,
2: and you get to make choices. Look how many choices as yeah. Americans we get to make.
1: Yeah.
2: Where we're gonna have the baby? What we're gonna? What kind of crib we're gonna buy? What kind of blankets are we? How are we gonna decorate the room? I mean, yeah. there's just mm-hmm. no end to what our choices are. Yeah.
0: You know, the other thing is this. Uh, this humble, this simple stable becomes a holy place. Mm. I mean, mm. I think the God, God of the universe comes to that stable. I mean, that's, that's remarkable, that transformation.
1: Yeah, and I've always thought that the, the stable is sort of a metaphor for, you know, the fallenness of the world. I mean, he enters the filth of mm-hmm. the fallen world and the, sort of the refuse of the world. And, um, and I remember, too, that then when the wise men come to look for him, they go. The first place they go is the palace. They mm-hmm. just assume
0: he's going to be in the palace where Herod is, and he's not there. But you know, we have sentimentalized this so much that we when we say the word stable, I mean, you use the yep. word barn. That's that's actually a better more word accurate for us. You yeah. know. Because we don't we don't get the full impact of it.
1: Yeah, that that well that happens so often in Scripture. We we we're too familiar with it, and uh, and so all you have to do is go to a real barn, uh, do what we do during Christmas. Take your kids to a real barn, and it'll be cold, and it'll be wet, and it'll be smelly, mm-hmm. and just you know dirty, and and imagine mm-hmm. what that it's would also be like. a
2: good illustration of the individual human heart. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're honest enough with how sinful we are, mm-hmm. how 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 dirty we are um i think it's very difficult to be that honest how selfish how prideful how how we try to solve things and be god ourselves and mm. be in control and so the stable is also um the, the human heart mm. how you know that god would want to be reconciled to that to me but then it also gives you comfort and comfort in that he will enter into the stable
1: and you don't praise
2: cl- God. He has you know that He would enter.
1: Yeah, and you don't clean the stable
0: up first no. before uh-huh. He comes. Good point. It, he comes. Right
2: it is as it is. Yeah.
0: Good point. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to continue our Christmas mm-hmm. program the entire hour this week in the studio with Michael Card, Michael and Susan Card, I should say. Time for one more song in this half, though. This song uh, came from your lullaby album, didn't it? Lullaby for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why does it fit in a Christmas theme here, Michael?
1: Well, I I was writing lullabies and uh, I stopped and realized I, I've never heard a lullaby for Jesus. So I thought, you know, I'd try to put myself in that position and, Try to make up for it, I guess.
0: All right. As we think about the, what we've learned from the scriptures here today, let's think about it as we listen to Michael sing now a lullaby for Jesus. Mm-hmm.
3: your eyes, you cry as though your heart would break. Too small to understand
0: In the studio with Michael Card here on the Moody Broadcasting Network. Great to have you back with us. This is our Christmas program in the studio with Michael and Susan Card. It's always fun to say and Susan Card Mm -hmm. on the program whenever (laughs) Susan's with us. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee, and we're just working our way through the scriptures, telling the Christmas story here today and listening to some of this great music by Michael Card. Susan, we're going to ask you to turn with us to Luke chapter 2 in a moment. Uh, We just read the first part of that chapter. We're going to move on to the shepherds' part of the story here in just a moment. But first, Let's ask Michael to sing the song that comes from this passage. It's called Shepherd's Watch.
3: and yet strangely kind. Day will be wrapped in rags, asleep on the. Hay.
2: That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him you will find a baby lying in a manger. "'wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. "'Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, "'the armies of heaven praising God. "'Glory to God in the highest heaven "'and peace on earth to all whom God favors. "'When the angels had returned to heaven, "'the shepherds said to each other, "'Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. "'Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened "'which the Lord has told us about.' They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them, and because they had seen the child, just as the angel had said.
0: I wonder, Susan, what goes through your mind when you read that Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often?
2: I I know, I think I know exactly where she was. I have I've been there often. It it's almost like you are set back in the room. It's it's a surreal experience where you're you're there but you're not there. So deep were her thoughts. So much did she know. So many so many things are are happening all there at one time. Prophecies coming true. It it transcends so many years of history mm-hmm. and she knows she knows. She's she's aware of all these prophecies.
1: And she's a part of it.
2: And she's right. She's a part of yeah. it. it <laughs> she's speechless. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah.
1: What were the things that you pondered in your heart from uh, having four children? Mm. I mean, I, I know there were the great sort of earth changing things, but w- are there not other things like
2: well, there are the, the, the hard, I think there's a, hard, there's a, there's a good and bad or a hard, a hard part to this, and that is really contemplating life. Mm-hmm. Life, what does life mean? Life, once you in, life in, enters into the world, then you're thinking death. What if something happens? What, that, that's my nature. I don't know, you know, for, for all women if that's true, but things for me escalated pretty quickly into God's realm. And realizing that he is the sustainer of life, I must depend on him. I still wrestle with that. I'm Mm -hmm. still overly protective and cautious and careful and trying to control um, my children's life and and wanting them to be in relationship with the Lord and realizing they're really, besides living out the gospel— there really is nothing i can do to make that happen
1: and so mary had to be in the position of uh of worrying about this child i mean it, it's a frightening world that jesus is born into historically uh the 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 old empire is is turned over we have a new caesar mm-hmm. and mary has to be wondering You know, what can I do? What's my role?
2: And he's in danger from the day he's born. From
1: the very beginning, yeah. And and like you said, that's something she's going to deal with for the rest of her life, Mm -hmm. at least until Jesus is finally crucified. Because people are trying to kill him practically, well, during his whole ministry anyway.
2: And it's difficult to allow God to fulfill his purpose because we don't always understand what that purpose is.
0: Yeah. Well, before we leave this part of the story, this part of the text, there's just one thing here. I want to go all the way back to the shepherds because Mary quietly oh. treasured these things in her heart after the experience of these these wonderful group of, uh, of shepherds coming and worshiping. I mean, what a scene that must have been. Aren't you thankful for him?
2: Oh, very. I when, when I first heard Shepherds Watch, I played it over and over and over again because I would be like Mary, like Mike mentioned at the beginning of the show. I need visual. I need the angel to appear and talk to me in the room. And so when this song played, I could visually see them in the sky. And then when the choir comes in to that part of the song, I would just get goosebumps. <laughs> and I remember a friend of mine was just in a really bad place, and the, and the as usual the the album's finished six months before it actually hits the street. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I sent her in the middle of the summer. I told her to go lie down on the beach, with a Walkman and listen to Shepherd's Watch, and just look at the night sky, and visualize the shep—I mean the angels coming. So, and she did, and it was a wonderful moment. So. <laughs>
0: well, we are thankful for all the details that the Scripture gives us about yeah. this wonderful story of Christmas. Well, let's move on. Um, we're going to turn to uh, verse 21 in Luke chapter two in just a moment. But before we get there, uh, Michael, you and Susan are students of Latin, aren't you? Uh, oh well, I, <laughs> S- I Susan
1: know. is much more the student of Latin than I am. Okay,
0: this sounds like a Latin title to me. This next song you're it going is. to sing for us. You'll have to pronounce it because I never, I never took Latin. Well, so.
1: this is a fr- an old Franciscan creed, actually. Vicit Anus Noster Aum Sequimer. Our Lamb has conquered him let us follow. And it's the paradox of the conquering lamb. Sometimes in old cathedrals, you see the picture of this lamb that has a banner, sort of a spear and a banner over his shoulder. It's sort of an odd image, but that's who Jesus is. He's the lamb who is conquered. All right. Sing it for us now, will you?
0: Now, there was a man named Simeon who lived in Jerusalem. He was a righteous man and very devout. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he eagerly expected the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, "'Lord, now I can die in peace, as you promised me. "'I have seen the Savior you have given to all people. "'He is a light to reveal God to the nations, "'and he is the glory of your people Israel.'" Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, "'This child will be rejected by many in Israel, "'and it will be their undoing, "'but he will be the greatest joy to many others.'" Thus, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. That's Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35 in the New Living Translation. Um, Susan Michael has guitar in hand here again. Um, There's a song that, actually, you requested that he sing this song.
2: I did. This was one of the earliest songs that he wrote called Simeon's Song. And again, it's a very visual song. Uh, for me when he talks about um, Mary and Joseph coming into that court and Simeon spotting them carrying the baby and he knows in his heart immediately who that is that they're carrying. This is one of my all-time favorite songs and I'm very grateful that you would play this for us today.
3: An old man in the temple waiting in the court Waiting for the answer to a promise And all at once he sees them In the morning sunshine A couple coming, carrying a baby Now that I've held him in my arms My life I've seen your salvation. He's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of His people Israel. Takes the boy and starts to sing. He's the only way that you'll find peace. He'll give you salvation, because He's the light of the Gentiles, and the glory of His people, Israel.
0: Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Michael. And uh, Susan, thank you for convincing him to sing that song for us here in the studio today. Simeon's song as we work our way through the Christmas story. Isn't it amazing? I mean, his life wasn't complete until he met the Messiah. And God, you know, and and, and in a very real sense, I mean, yes, that's true. Our lives are not complete until we meet him, too. Of course. Of course. That's where you turn that last verse in the song, too.
1: Yeah, and, and Simeon, for me, has always represented a man who his has one foot in the Old Testament and and another in the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, having faith meant waiting for the Messiah. And Simeon had spent his whole life faithfully doing that. Mm -hmm. But once Jesus is on the scene in the New Testament, having faith means following Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Simeon isn't able to do that because I believe he probably died shortly after. But he got to hold this little baby in his arms that had been really holding him all his life.
0: What a privilege. We'll get to talk to him about that someday. Oh, won't that that be something? Yeah. I I never thought about that until I was listening to you sing that song, Michael. Well, uh, this whole story brings us joy. Mm. And let's turn the corner to that joy now. And uh, Susan, let's uh, turn to Philippians chapter 2. And we'll ask you to read for us verses 5 through 11 there. We've chose this passage because uh, we we need to, to celebrate this message that we've been given here today. That's
2: right. We do. Starting with verse 5, your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every other name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
0: It's not just a nice story. Him coming as a baby was for a purpose. It was Mm -hmm. the cross. And that fragment that she just read is actually
1: a hymn. That was a hymn that the early church sang called the Carmen Christi. And uh, as they would gather together, that's, that's the hymn that gave them encouragement. At a time when people were forgetting who Jesus was and what he meant, Paul sends that hymn fragment that says, you know, he was obedient, he was humble, he was a servant. That's who Jesus is and what he means. And the birth is all about that, the humility of being born in a stable, uh, taking on human flesh.
0: Uh, it is an amazing story. Hmm. And, and Susan, on that point, um, aren't you grateful that what we're talking about here isn't just a kind of romanticized Christmas card kind of faith, but this is the kind of joy that permeates, should permeate our life all year long?
2: Yes. And, and going back to the beginning topic of, of the whole show when I mentioned the, uh, reality and the sense mm-hmm. of reality, this is the truth. This is the truth. And it is the reality that we can embrace with our with our hearts, our minds. It is sanity it is it is our hope it's the new reality it is and when you walk in this world it gets very dark and it's the one light that will not extinguish will not go out
1: Mm -hmm. and it's freedom yes and it's freedom yes what a reason to celebrate (laughs) we've been set free by this little baby who was born in poverty and lived like a slave
0: uh, so we could be free and have the riches of his grace. I'm so glad that you used the word celebrate, Michael, because, uh, Susan, we've planned for Michael to end the program with just yes, that song, Celebrate the Child. Susan, thank you for being here with us today. Thank
2: you. I appreciate it. it very
0: special to mm-hmm. have you in the studio with husband, Michael Card, yes. and uh, with the rest of us as well. Michael, let's close with this song, Celebrate the Child.
3: The child who is the light. Now the darkness is over. No more wandering in the night. Celebrate the child who is the light. You no, know this is no fable. Godhead and manhood became one. We see he's more than able. And so we live to God the Son. Celebrate the child who is the light Now the darkness is over No more wandering in the night Celebrate the child who is the light Firstborn of creation Lamb and lion, God and man The author of salvation Almighty wrapped in swat Darkness is over. No more wandering in the night. Celebrate the child who is the light. Celebrate the child who.
0: great way to conclude our time in the studio with michael card now i know this is a busy time of the year but before we go i want to remind you to take a moment and get in touch with us your comments would be a great source of encouragement to michael and all of us who work on the program our email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. here's a note we received from lisa she says i'm having a very hard time in my marriage right now and wondering what will happen next Hearing your show on hard times and realizing it happens to other believers really helped me. When I heard the music that accompanied this message, I felt like weeping out of both joy and pain. Thank you once again. I was blessed by your efforts and thought you might like to know. Well, thank you, Lisa. Again, send your comments to at michaelcard.com. This radio program is just one aspect of Michael's ministry, and thanks to the web, you can click for all the details at www.michaelcard.com. When you log on, you can find out the latest news, see the tour schedule, and learn more about the vision that guides this outreach. And then while you're online, don't forget to check out the complete listing of books and CDs available, including the latest book, Scribbling in the Sand, which is also available as a DVD. This project includes footage of a concert and interviews with Michael's friends, people from Franklin, Tennessee. You'll even get to see an interview with Susan. And for those of you that want to stay connected with behind-the-scenes news and special downloads, we have a section called The Community. It's all found at michaelcard.com. Our program engineer is Kenny Ferris, our producer, Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepard. For all of us here, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.